Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday once again for the number one seeded San Francisco 49ers. So how do you feel today? I need to ask both of you a question, and this is a serious, serious question. Did either one of you cheer for the Cowboys last night? I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I, let me put it this way. I wanted Philly to lose, but would have preferred it was against another team. I only ask this because next week the Cowboys play the Seahawks. So I'm very torn in, in terms of, like, no, I don't know where to go. Well, we have to go for Seahawks there. No, no, Bader, no. excuse me, Baker Port. I'm sorry, the Eagles and the Seahawks. Yeah, oh. I'm getting, I keep getting my birds and boys mixed up, Just, but yeah. So anyway, so how am I feeling? I'm feeling good, John. I would say that, you know, last week we looked at this game and we, we thought it could be a potential letdown. We referenced. 2019 Niners beat the Saints. They come back the next week. They lose to a team, the Falcons that don't even, I don't even, didn't even have a, a winning record. We, we talked about the Cowboys game earlier this year. Niners come back the next week. They, they lose to what is now turning out to be a very good Browns team who are sitting at eight and five, but that goes to the three game losing streak. So. I didn't come into this game thinking the 49ers were going to be as dominant as they were two weeks ago against Seattle, where they first half, they pretty much owned the entire first half. They were just dominating. Seattle was playing for their playoff lives, and I think it showed. Uh, 49ers, they, they just simply, at the end of the day, they had too much firepower. They made the big plays when they needed to. And now you, so they, t- they pull off a 28-16 win. I don't say pull off, but you know, they won a 28-16, a win over the Seahawks. They sweep the series. And as we just mentioned, because of the Cowboys beating the Eagles, they now sit at the number one seed and they control their own destiny for the rest of the season. Yeah. First grimy kind of ugly game the Niners have won this year. Brian, you were live on the ground. Yeah, it was stadium. How was it? Was there a good energy? Uh, I would say the energy wasn't as big as the playoff game last year against Seattle. So there was much more Seattle fans at that one, obviously, as playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some Seattle fans there. I, I don't think the energy was probably as big as, you know, against Dallas because everyone was all fired up for Dallas. And then the Eagles game last week, you could you could just totally tell. The crowd kind of felt like, oh, we're going to win this. It's going to be mm-hmm. close. But, I, you know, and just talking with a lot of fans, they were confident. But, you know, I don't think they were all that all fired up. I think they knew they were going to beat Seattle. And I think I could just tell that from the stands, from the people. So, but it was a good time. Great experience as always. Yeah. My cousin did a great tailgate. And it was fun. It was a good time. Shout out, so- shout out, to, shout out to Ryan. What, what did he have at the tailgate? to ask oh barbecue chicken and some a little bit of tri-tip it was good nice yeah so speaking of feeling overconfident (laughs) i almost (laughs) fixed the team why what'd you do so i sat down and i went to the the top tv again and had a game on and first play of the game christian mccaffrey rips a 70 yard run you know, Jordan Mason scores at the next play. I called him like, this was easy. Like, it was like a lot of football left. I'm like, ah, oh, this is easier. Yeah, it was easy. A lot of football left. And then Seattle decided to make a game of it. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Niners. Don't do this See, to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very elitist right here to you, John. Uh, I'm going to lecture you a little bit. So just prepare yourself. This is why sometimes it's good being a skeptic. 
Uh, this is sometimes, you know, when you have that ex experience of watching the Niners for so many years, particularly with the Seahawks, you never, never relax. And I also want to make sure, were you watching the right TV in the house? I was watching the TV that had the bad juju before, but I thought it had the good juju because <laughs> Christian McCaffrey scored. So, but anyway, we, we had, a, we had a Christmas party that we went to with my friend Mike's house. So he had the games on and was able to watch most of it, but it's, it's different when you're kind of distracted because you can't really follow the flow of the game, yeah. but obviously some real explosive plays. Brock Purdy was able to connect with Debo for that, that great touchdown. Ayuk for a big one and then a Kittle for a touchdown as well. So, but it did feel like the Niners were in second gear a lot of the, the game. Yeah. Um, it just felt like, it felt like you were with somebody or the first time they learned how to drive a stick. It's like, <laughs> You get that clutch in the So that, that's kind of how I thought. That's a good but eventually, we got the yeah. car going. We found the hill. We popped the clutch. And <laughs> got, that, got that car. Yes. I got that car going. You sound, you sound like you have experience having done that in your yeah. you know, earlier years. <laughs> well, you don't have a battery. Like, put that on. We get that thing <laughs> going down the hill. Pop the clutch. Oh, we're on. So well, let's get into the game. So Brian, you know, you're at the game. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that first Christian McCaffrey run. I mean, I was, I was getting into my seat. So oh. <laughs> I was sitting down and then I'm carrying, I'm carrying chicken tenders, getting into my seat as I'm sitting down and then they hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. And then he pulls off that 72 yarder to almost run it to the house. And I obviously everyone in the stadium thought he was going to run it in. But yeah, the crowd was just going wild as soon as that happened. First play of the game, you didn't think it was going to be that fast. But I think to to answer, John, what you were saying about, you know, the, the 49ers kind of being in second gear, I, I felt like that offensive play because McCaffrey had such a big run on the on the first play. And then he had to sit out and then they gave it to Jordan Mason and Jordan Mason mm -hmm. and that quick one. I, I feel like that kind of just... It, it didn't give Brock Purdy the chance to like kind of warm up and heat up during the game. It was just so fast. And then, you know, within like 15 seconds, the ball's back to, back to Seattle. And then they ended up scoring. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I mean, overall that, that play just, everyone was, everyone was so excited, but then I think, you know, I, as soon as I saw it, because everyone, or at least I felt like the, the crowd was just kind of out of the game right after that, like you know, because Seattle got the ball and they held the ball for a while and then they scored that touchdown oh, on that play. I mean, yeah. and they were, they responded with an eight play, 75 yard drive. And I was checking X just consistently in the morning because I wanted to see what the status of Geno Smith was. And my thought was when we found out that lock was going to start was, you know, you don't want to give this guy confidence right out of the gate. But I think we need to give credit where credit is due. Drew Locke, you know, his first series, he takes the team right down uh, the field. Uh, Metcalf had some big catches. Well, he had two catches on that drive, and actually it turned out to be his only two of the game. But Locke, I think we need credit where credit is due. Coming in on one day of practice, first start in, I think, two years. And he played, I think, as well as I think he exceeded a lot of expectations. And gave Seattle absolutely a fighting chance in that. But I, I agree with you, Brian, that, and I go to John's, you know, popping the clutch uh, analogy. The Seahawks, I mean, they know the 49ers. They know each other very well. And Kyle Shanahan described the Seattle defense uh, as frustrating. And the 49ers never got in that consistent rhythm over the course of the game. So, yeah. and I think Seattle came out with something to prove. After being, I think, somewhat embarrassed on Thanksgiving night, you see a team, particularly, you know, you're playing the second time within three weeks. They had a chip on their shoulder. A couple of the hits early, particularly on George Kittle. I know Diggs yeah. had a pretty good pop on them. They were really trying to get after the 49ers. They were bottling up McCaffrey. And the Niners, I think on their next three drives, they went, 
they went three and out twice in a row. And then there was the interception where Ayuk kind of mistimed the route. So yep, Seattle is gaming. We got we to say that too. We got to give, give them credit on that. Yeah. And then there was a bizarre end of the first half. Yeah. And Brian, I don't know if you guys were kind of seeing this in the stands, but Seattle was backed up to its own five with like a minute to go. The Niners had three timeouts and yeah. yeah. Kyle just let the clock go. Yeah. I mean, I saw that on the stands. I thought he was going to, you know, end it or call a timeout so we can get, try to get the ball back. But yeah, it, it never happened. It never occurred. So yeah. 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 I couldn't, I couldn't find anything on questions of why he did that. So I can only speculate the 49ers, like you said, it pinned him deep. The first play lock drew an illegal forward pass and at that point, I think he had about 45 seconds left. I, I guess in Shanahan's mind is that, hey, my offense isn't really clicking. I don't trust Pete Carroll in this situation if I give him a timeout. I'm going to take my four-point lead and go in the locker room and trust that my defense can can make the play. So, yeah, a little conservative. You know, maybe if you're you're clicking a little bit more, he, he, opts, to, he opts to take those timeouts, but... Yeah, I was surprised at that. And Seattle also seemed to dive into the Niners playbook a little bit. Oh, I love that play that they stole. I remember they used that last, we used that last year against them up in Seattle, right on that Thursday night. Right. We did. And oh my gosh. And I saw that. I just couldn't believe it. Like that was, I love that play. And they totally used it against us. So. I feel it was a well, wetty. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I had him, but it worked. So it's a great play. And as soon as he threw to the one side, threw to the next side, one, oh, he's going to hit the tight end. <laughs> and so I don't know, called it, it. It's a copycat league, I suppose, but Hey, it worked. They hit the tight end and, and they did it on, on a drive where the Niners had taken a 21, 10 lead. That was Seattle's last touchdown, but. Yeah, whatever you can do, maybe I can try to do it a little bit better. But fortunately for the Niners, that was, as I said, that was Seattle's last score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I think, um, you know, going a little bit more into the, uh, into the game itself, I, I think we do need to talk about the job that the 49ers secondary did on DK Metcalf. The 49ers, you know, I said on that opening drive, Metcalf had two, two receptions, two big receptions, one for a touchdown where, I mean, Locke put the ball about as, as perfectly as you could. I think yeah. he beat Lynn, Avery Thomas on that yep. one. And then when Ward goes out with a groin injury, I'm thinking there, oh boy, it's going to be the DK Metcalf show. But the 49ers, they switched from, they went to more of a zone defense, I thought. Lenore lined up on Metcalf, did an outstanding job because we saw what Ward did to him in the first game against in, in on Thanksgiving. He really shut Metcalf down and Metcalf was getting frustrated. And we certainly saw that at the very end of the game where he decided to take on a guy that, you know what, if you're going to take on anybody in the 49ers, I don't want to take on Fred Warner. Yeah. Fred Warner could really, really hurt you. And yeah, I know <laughs> DK guy, but you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put money on Fred on that one. Yeah. And I think kudos to, to Steve Wilkes for making that adjustment. I, I think they, they shifted Jair Brown over a little bit to, to DK's yeah. side as well. Yeah. But one thing the Niners did, which was quite un-Niner like loving the deep ball. I mean, Sort of let Russ cook, let Brock cook. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's he's leading the league, I think, in in the over 20 completion rate and his average yards per attempt is like 9.9 or whatever it is. But those three plays pretty much pulled the bacon out of the fire for the Niners. Yeah, you know, the, the Niners in years past, I, I remember them being like total grinders on the ground, get five yards, mm -hmm. get six yards, get seven yards, but it's different this year. I I, I think, yeah. you know, Shanahan sees that Purdy has a stronger arm than most people 
would think. And he's he's going for those deep balls. That especially that one play was I don't know how many yards it is on top of my head, but that one to Debo. In the yeah, fifty six, I think. Yeah. So I mean, that was really impressive. Yeah, on that one. So, and well, I, I think, think also that play was on third and eleven. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think also Brock is just a gamer for for lack of a better word. He just, he's like Shanahan might have this play all dialed up like he did in, you know, Seattle. And also with, with the, the Debo catch and Brock will go to his last progression because it has the most explosive potential uh, yeah. because he sees something that means him think it's going to be there. Whereas you know, in years past, you know, Grapple might have gotten that. We would have gotten an earful from Shanahan for doing something that he shouldn't have been doing, and then he ends up mm-hmm. doing the checkdowns. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I think Shanahan has embraced the fact that Brock Purdy can can really stretch the floor, field vertically, and and then when that happens, you know, horizontally, you know, it happens. George Kittle said it best. It's like, you know, we hit those deep outs. And the linebackers have to play a little bit back farther. The DBs have to play a little bit back farther. And oh, by the way, here's Christian McCaffrey. We're going to run outside zone in your face. Yeah. So, well, pretty pretty good problem to have. I yeah, I agree. And on that particular play, Jamal Adams had said, you know, we anticipated the forty are trying to hit the middle, and I, I think it was Jennings who was in the slot, and Adams moved up to cover that when he saw Debo going by him. I don't know if Debo was the primary receiver on that, but, you know, again, with Purdy, uh, he has the arm, he has the accuracy and the anticipation of where that receiver is going to be. You know, the Adams, uh, again, goes where he, he believes that the Niners had, and, and, and rightfully so, because we saw what the Niners did to the Eagles in the middle zone last week. But Purdy throws a perfect ball. Debo has, I mean, we just see Debo's got another gear when he needs to start moving. We saw that again, you know, with the Eagles, but on that particular play, he's kind of running, I don't know, maybe I'll call it 80%, but he sees he's going to get the ball and he makes just a perfect catch and, you know, big play for the Niners. They were, they were on third and long, you know, they were down at that point. So they got a 14, 10 uh, lead at that point. And that was lead. They never relinquished. Yeah. He's got a turbo button. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, like, did did we have a turbo turbo button in Techno Bowl? The announcers oh, yeah. reference Techno Bowl, which is why I bring it up. <laughs> I think there was one in Madden. Was it there one? Maybe. In Madden? Yeah, there, there could have been. Or though, I mean, I'll te- go ahead. You know, you know the yeah. term that's coming up this year a lot. I think on broadcast is the term explosive plays. So, yes. I mean, I know that's been used before, but it seemed like it's being used a lot more this year. But what 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 defines that in terms of what like what sort of yardage kind of would, would determine what's an explosive play versus what's a I guess a regular play? Mm. I would say anything over ten yards. I'd say well I I guess he'd say anything over twenty yards. It does does it matter if it's in garbage time or something like that? That's a good question, right? I, I don't have an answer for it. We we need does somebody have Alexa handy? <laughs> Next week. Yes, we'll we define this. That out. <laughs> we'll figure that out before our next podcast. So let's look at our keys to victory. So in our in our bird gauntlet that we're going through, this was game three of the bird gauntlet. We got back home, and anytime the Niners score more than 17 at home, they win. So, yep. so that was a good key to victory. And then the turnovers, Tim. What actually I there were so many turnovers, I lost count. Like, what was the turnover? Well, so there were there were two on each side at last okay. I'll check. And, and as I'm talking through this, I'll just verify that. So yeah, you know, that's we, what I got too. Yeah. The, so so the first turnover was it was Purdy was trying to hit Ayuk, and he thought Ayuk was going to come further back to the ball than he did, and Ayuk stretched out and and ball unfortunately was was batted up in the air and the excuse me the the seahawk corner intercepted it and that was that could have been a a key turnaround point because Mm -hmm. the niners were still behind 10-7 and the defense had to to make a stand and fortunately for the 49ers they did 
And the second turnover, unfortunately, it involved Ayuk again. And it looked as though it was going to be a chance for the 49ers to, to really ice the game. Purdy hits Ayuk on the, on, on the right side. He's in a couple, between a couple of defenders. And it looked like for a moment he was going to turn on the, the Jets. But Love, who was the, the Seahawks, I think it was his corner, came out and made a great play. I mean, he popped the ball out and, and I thought for a second it was going to, it was going to go out of bounds, but the Seahawks recovered. It ended up sort of being canceling, canceling out another turnover. Jair Brown, or excuse me. Yeah. Jair Brown, you had it right. Yeah. Jair Brown, excuse me, had, had had made an interception, I think it was only two plays previous. So it, it kind of canceled each other out. The 49ers were up 28-16 at that point. The last one, of course, was a fourth down desperation throw where Warner makes, makes, the, inter, makes the interception. And then, and then, of course, we, we see what happens. He laterals the ball to Greenlaw, who I was screaming at my television to get down. I'm like, just like, for the love of God, don't turn the ball again and then yeah. then we had the little brouhaha between fred and dk metcalf and well we all know how that ended mm-hmm. so, so funny. i was listening to that on well we were driving back because we were trying to make it back early but i was listening to that whole play by greg coppa on KNBR, and then he was telling the exact same thing tim about telling Dre greenlaw to like sit down because that play seemed to go on forever yeah yeah and then when i watched yeah. it live it looked like you went that way and that way and then back to this he, way he and did then, he did yeah. i i just kept saying you're not Dion sanders you're not Dion sanders you know <laughs> i love to Greenlaw, but he's not Dion sanders he, he's not gonna he's not gonna high step it from you know the 40 yard line so so yeah i mean so i you you know unfortunately he's having a hell of a year he was involved in both 49er uh turnovers but you know at the end of the day, John, they, they kind of canceled each other out because one, the Jair Brown's interception, you know, had taken place two, two plays prior and the, the 49er defense was able to make the play earlier when Freddie threw the interception that was tipped and make a stand, which is exactly what you want your defense to do in, in games like that. Yeah. I think also. And we had another key to victory was no emotional letdown. But I think in this game, the emotional uplift came from the reserves. You saw, you know, Kinlaw had a pretty good game. Cleo Davis stepped up. You saw Randy Gregory get his first sack. You know, it really felt like the reserves were kind of coming in and saying like, hey, we got this. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Of, the, of that game in Philly. So really, I mean, and plus you had Ward go out, you had some of your leaders, Hargrave goes out, next man up. And I thought they did a really yeah. good job of keeping that going. And then finally, letting Purdy cook. So, I mean, when was the last time a quarterback had 368 yards through the air? Well, I, I mean, 368, I, that I don't know, but, you know, looking at just the final overall statistics, I mean, the 49ers had 527 yards of offense. So if those two turnovers don't happen, I think the 49ers are looking at something where the game is, is a, not as close as, as it was, but it just, I mean, what were they averaging? They're averaging almost 10 yards of play, 9.9 to, to be exact. So that just tells you, even on a day where I said the 49er offense wasn't in rhythm, well, 527, (laughs) you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll take that. And I I do want to go back to one, because I I think we're going to get to it when we talk about the Cardinals, but yeah, with, with Hargrave out, with Ward out and that we'll get to uh, Armstead, that'll be interesting to see what the 49ers do against the Cardinals and who they play, but I know we're going to get to that, but that gives the 49ers a lot of confidence in their depth, which is what, you know, the 49ers philosophy has been these last few years is particularly on the, on the defensive line. They want a lot of players that they can rotate in and out and stand in when necessary, when injuries happen. All right. Well, let's get to our stars of the game. 
Brian, you always like to be somewhat contrarian with your star. Uh, yeah. yeah. So who is your going to be your star? Well, I will say because I'm going to go with CMC this time because I do think he, when he got the ball the, on that first play, he did have that 72 yarder. So I won't be too contrarian today. He did have 145 yards of rushing. He did get 16 carries. So he just overall was just a great player yesterday so or on sunday you know there were a couple plays i remember seeing where he was going to be behind the line for a potential loss but he got back to the line of scrimmage i just think overall he was just he was just playing with force he didn't score any touchdowns yesterday so i know he needed a breather and he gave it to jordan mason to do that quick three Uh yarder in but i think overall he's my star of the game no scores but i think his presence alone opens everything up for everyone else on the team. Yeah. And who's your star? Well, Chris, I just got, it's so odd when we say CMC did not have a touchdown. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh my goodness. What is happening? So my star, I'm going to go to Jay Brown. I, you know, I think not only for this game, he had a, he had an interception, but he has stepped up immensely replacing Fonga who, as we know, lost for the season with an ACL tear. And you know, for a rookie, that's what you want to see. You want to see, you know, hey, it's next man up. We need you to make plays. He's doing that. And he has been ever since he came in uh, for Huff uh, in the Buccaneers game. Yeah. Yeah. So my star of the game is going to go to the guy that we actually forgot about last time we did this podcast, and I had to add in with a voiceover, is Debo Sam. <laughs> Amazing because the guy who scored three touchdowns last year, we just kind of glossed over it. But, you know, two touchdowns, a huge, you forget that he's actually a wide receiver. And then all of a sudden he just catches the ball. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's right. He's wide receiver. But just a monster, 70 receptions for 149 yards. Uh, almost takes another one to the house and, and ends up real short. And of course, then Kyle lets him, lets him run it in. So he's definitely one of my stars of the game. It just continues to do Debo type things. At one point, I was just like, just give the ball to Debo. It was like shades of, <laughs> of 2021 again. Give oh, yeah. Yep. But yeah. Did I see this that he has the rushing record now for a receiver? Yeah. Scoring scoring touchdowns? Yeah. Scoring touchdowns, 19, 19. So, yeah. Tim, any other stars of the game? Well, I'm going to go back. I mean, every now and then we do this. Well, you give credit where credit is due. And I think we got to give credit to, to Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. He's coming in on one day of practice. You know, I, and as I said, the, the, the worst thing you can do to somebody like that is give them confidence. Uh, I was hoping the Niners would maybe get a sack or two on that, on that first drive, put him in like in a 14, nothing hold, but Locke, Hey, 21 of 31, two touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. Both of those came in the fourth quarter where the, the Seahawks were down, but mm-hmm. given one day of practice, I have to say I was impressed with him. So we got to give an honorable mention to Locke. You think he replaces Gino, Brian? No, I don't think so. I think Pete Carroll still has full faith in, in Gino. Uh, I don't know how long he signed there for, but you know, I don't think he's he signed an extension in the, uh, in the off season. Uh, well, let's uh, get to our, oh, but oh. well, just one thing that when that another star that this is connection to, you know, our corners and safeties, but, you know, a feel good story for the Niners is they re-signed Jason Brett. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's to the practice squad. So I know you and I, Tim, John, we watched a lot of 49 games over the last two or three years and Jason Brett, when he can play, he can play, but unfortunately he's been injury prone with the ACL, yeah. with the knee and with the was it Achilles last year. But it looks like he's he's back. Um, I know they signed him from the Houston practice squad. So, you know, with any potential issues to any corners or safeties, I know that's probably one insurance reason why he's they signed him back. But it's good to see him back on the on the team. So that's one thing. Yeah, it was good to see him come back. Our last star of the game, because he seems like he's always a star of the game, is Brock Purdy. But you know, we can talk about the superlatives. Three hundred sixty eight yards. He's throwing it out. Is he the MVP of the league, Tim? Well, John, as you know, he's just a game manager. He's surrounded by a good play caller <laughs> and a lot of just really good weapons. 
So anyway, yes, I'm <laughs> just slight hint of sarcasm in that. He's got my vote. I, I don't know why else he wouldn't be an MVP candidate. We'll see how the rest of the year plays out, but the numbers he is putting up in his second year, I don't want anybody else back there. So yeah. and that, that goes through any other quarterback in the NFL. I just, when he goes, when he's in the, when he's in the huddle, when he's under, under center or on the shotgun, I just have full confidence in the guy. Brian, what so do you how, think? Well, I have a question back to Tim. How did Dak overtake uh, Purdy in the MVP conversation yesterday? I'll say that I, I think, frankly, Dak Prescott, number one, he plays for the Cowboys, which have a national following. I think he is more of a marketable athlete than Purdy is, at least at this point. He's, call it, you know, I'll say maybe flashy at the same time. But, you know, I was thinking today with all the hoopla over the Cowboys winning against the Eagles, they beat a team with a you know winning record way to go, is that the, the Niners typically have kind of always flown under the radar. They're always kind of an afterthought. And I think that extends to, to Brock Purdy. You can go back to the 80s where, you know, even if the Niners had won a couple of Super Bowls, there was still a lot of the, oh, well, they're a finesse team. And it was more of a Mike Ditka, Bill Parcells type of feeling of way the NFL should be played. And then the Niners, after they won four Super Bowls, the, I think the media and the league figured, whoa, these guys are actually pretty good. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my feeling on Purdy, but I'd rather the Niners fly under the radar. Because you know what, John, as we like to say, here comes this team from Northern California and they're bringing this guy and they're bringing the other guy and they're bringing that guy. Purdy's one of those guys. So yeah, yeah. keep taking, keep not taking them seriously. You're doing the Niners a huge favor. Brian, your thoughts? It just seems like anyone who plays the Eagles goes into the MVP conversation. So if you beat the Eagles, oh, then you. Wow. So a good one. If, if Geno Smith wins next week, you know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. Sure. That is a so, great hypothesis. So <laughs> Go ahead, John. For me, the, you know, it's the most valuable player. Yeah. And I always equate it to like, who is who is playing at a level that we really haven't seen in a long time? And I honestly, although I think Brock would be second, I'd have to go with Tyreek Hill. He is on pace to be the first wide receiver to break 2,000 yards, and that's an absurd number for a wide receiver. And if he does that, I, I think he should be the MVP. Because that's like, that's historic. You know, Brock's had an awesome season, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. he's putting up numbers, but he's putting up numbers that other MVPs have done. Tyreek has putting up numbers that had never been done. So that's why I, I, I think Brock's, Brock's already outplayed Dak. He's already beaten him, but just in twice. Yeah. Sheer like, whoa, I, I, I just have to say Tyreek Hill. So, yeah. So it's side time. Mm -hmm. Not all sunshine and lollipops. Brian, where can we improve? Well, you know, we talked about this already, but that first quarter after the touchdown was was kind of reminiscent of the first quarter against Philly the the week mm -hmm. before. So the slow offensive start, definitely kind of a lack of lack of energy. Um, I mean, I I think everyone could see it. I'm sure you guys watched it on TV. You could just feel it and sense it. You know, I'm sure they were up really big for the Philly game. It took them a quarter to to calm down. But, you know, against some teams, you can, you can, you know, I guess we were lucky that we were able to do that against Philly. But, and also we were playing Seattle this week and we had mm -hmm. a slow start, but we were able to come back. But you want to, you know, you want to do, you want to start off early, start off fresh and, and don't want to hold off your six touchdowns until the middle of the game. You know, like to get it going early. Because I was, you know, thinking about this, this last game against Seattle, it was a one possession game, right? Until the third quarter, until the end of the third quarter. So mm -hmm. who says that if, if Seattle makes that two point conversion and get it within a field goal, totally mm -hmm. different story. So, yeah. you know, definitely want them to start off fresh, start off fast. And, you know, um, that, that would be my first place to improve. 
Yeah. Tim? Yeah, I think my second place was, it just seemed like the, the timing was off on some of the routes. You know, we talked about the interception that came off Ayuk's hands. Pretty was expecting him to be in a different place. One of the time he threw, it was a third down pass. He threw to where Devo, he thought Devo was going to be. And I think also one odd to, I'll say one to kill is one where he got, you know, he took a pretty good hit from, from Diggs. It just seems like Purdy wasn't quite there with the ball. So they have just looked a little out of sync, but you know, I, I guess, well, oh, I'll, I'll get to the summary in a second. Let's go to John first on, on his, his thoughts. Yeah, I thought just some of the places to improve was really just, it, it really comes down to the timing. I thought emotionally they were, they were ready to go, but they looked a little slow out of the gate. Yeah. But yeah, again, the metaphor that I had of, you know, trying to get a car into gear, it just seemed yeah. like they were just kind of grinding along. And then all of a sudden they popped it, you know, the Devo popped it to Kittle and popped it to Ayuk yeah. and, and they were kind of able to do it. So it wasn't the, you know, just utter the, the machine, the machine when they were against Philly and Dallas, this was just kind of got some hiccups. Then I saw in the locker room afterwards, Kyle said, Hey, you know, we won great job, but we can play better. And all the guard players were like, yeah, we can. So, but I almost feel like it's somewhat normal to come to, like, it's, it's just hard, you know, when so, you have that big of an emotional victory. I mean, I, I, and I'm not even playing. Like I felt great all week. Like, so anyway, but you know, they pulled it out. So and I'm sure they'll get back to business and, you know, we've got Arizona coming up yeah. and a big game against the Ravens. So we'll see. So take a lot of close with one thought. Yeah. I would just say, you know, look, when you, when you have things that, that do go wrong, there's two turnovers going three and out on a couple of drives. The, the good teams, the great teams find ways to, to overcome it. And that's what mm -hmm. the 49ers did in this case. So it may have been an uglier win than where you've been used to seeing in the last couple of weeks, but it is a win. We know there's room for improvement. We know what this team is capable of. So at the end of the day, they sweep Seattle and number one seed. So things are looking, I think things are looking good. Yeah. So let's get to two other NFL pieces of news before we get to Niners trivia time with Brian. So first, Cowboys beat a winning team. They beat the Eagles. Was that the first winning team victory they've had? You'd never know that. <laughs> Did you guys get to watch any of the game? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I, I watched it. Yeah. I think, I mean, let, let, let's, let's state the obvious. Cowboys are a good football team. There's, there's no question about that. Are they completely Super Bowl bound guaranteed? Of course not. And, but they did. I think they took the blueprint from the 49ers, uh, particularly on their offense, the way they attacked the Eagles defense, particularly in that middle, you know, in they, defensively, they, yeah, they shut down hurts. As you said, John, they never, if you don't put the Eagles, and so if, if you are able to stop the Eagles from getting into that situation where they have to do, or they want to do the tush push, you're doing something right. And they jumped yeah. on them early. They had a yeah. big halftime lead. And, you know, with that, with Dallas's offense humming, they could go and cruise control for the second half. And Philly was going to have to try to play, you know, serious catch up, which is, you know, that's, that's a situation they haven't been in most of the season, except for the 49ers and the Cowboys. Yep. Right, you had to see any of the game? You know, just I was just watching the highlights here and there. I don't think I watched it probably as as closely as Tim. But, you know, if you're talking about blueprint, I mean, what are things here? You want to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket a little bit, don't want him to have him scramble. And you're you're right, Tim. The, the middle part of the Eagles defense is really light. So, you know, I think the Niners were attacking their linebackers. I'm sure that's what, what Dallas was doing yesterday. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what Seattle does uh, next week. Yeah, so for Dallas, for the Eagles, it completes their really ridiculous gauntlet of, of teams. I mean, they got to play Seattle next week. They get an extra day of rest. They play it on Monday. 
But for Dallas, this is the beginning of their gauntlet. You know, they're going to play Buffalo. Then they're going to play Miami. Then they're going to play Detroit. And then they finish with the commander. So they got to beat Buffalo and Buffalo. Buffalo is starting to play well again. They're going to have to beat Miami, I think, in, you know, and they're playing at home. But Miami's going to want the number one seed in the AFC, so they're going to show up. You know, and then there's Detroit, who's been playing pretty well, push up their seed. So Dallas has got a tough road. And if they're going to, yeah, yeah, if you're going to be the champ, you're going to have to win these games. And then last but not least, Patrick Mahomes. So obviously the Niners game ended. We had this early start. So everybody was watching Bill's Chiefs. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, I I, you know, I saw Patrick Mahomes get very upset. And my first thought was, well, maybe the referee didn't bundle his home life and auto like offered to him. So yeah, let's, let's go into that play. So there was about a minute to go when I watched the play and I, you know, and, and Mahomes threw down the field, I saw the flag being thrown. My uh-huh. immediate thought was it was offsides, but yeah. more times, more often than not, it's on the defense. Uh, it's a free play. So Kelsey, he, he allows it to the receiver and they score, but okay, let's check the flag. And when I looked, I was like, oh, that's offside offense. They show the replay. I'm like, yeah, he was offside. There's no, no doubt about that. So I was surprised by, by two things. I mean, obviously, you know, first of all, kudos to Buffalo for going in there. It's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Mahomes' reaction and Andy Reid's reaction, I'd say even more so Andy Reid, I was surprised by. Much respect for Patrick Mahomes. He does things that I did not know a human being could do as a quarterback. But there is not a, a football fan. There is not a team on the planet that never that hasn't had some sort of call go against them. That's just the nature of sports. Mm-hmm. So, so that's I think that that's number one. First of all, it was a penalty. There is no mm-hmm. question about that. It wasn't close. It wasn't borderline. <laughs> it was a penalty. He lined up where the ball was. When you look at the play, he's clearly the offside. Secondly, is that you know what. Patrick, that wasn't the last play you had. Right. You had you had other opportunities, and I've seen what you can do in that situation. So you still had opportunity. You still had an opportunity to, to potentially win the game, and that didn't happen. And then finally, and this was where I was looking at Andy Reid like, really? They didn't give us a warning. The referee didn't give us a warning. Okay, two things on that. Your player should know where to line up. <laughs> okay. If it's that egregious, you throw the flag. Number two, the player did not look over and point at the referee saying, Am I okay? He just kind of he kind of glanced, but then he just looked right. I mean, if he looked like he was looking right at the ball, I would have said, Maybe you want to move back a little bit. But uh then finally, it's not the referee's job in that situation to give you a warning. A warning comes earlier in the game. Like you're looking up way too close. You gotta you're gonna move back or I'm, I'm gonna call it on. At that point in the game, the that penalty was so egregious, the referee had to throw the flag. And if he doesn't, then we're all screaming, "Why? see, that's why the Kansas City gets all the calls. So surprised and frankly disappointed at the way Mahomes and Reed reacted to that because, hey, we're Niner fans. We can scream that Nick Bosa was held in the Super Bowl uh-huh. a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, a little surprised. Brian? I didn't watch that play, but when listening to everything from KNBR to 95.7 in the game. They were just saying that, yeah, he did line up offsides and he doesn't, the rep doesn't need to do anything but call it. And if he was over, he was over. So, you know, it, you're used to seeing the Mahomes magic, as you were saying, Tim, and he, and he's got a really good like aura around him. Like I think just his personality and you kind of expect everything he does to turn to gold and magic. And then, but just, just, Seeing him kind of lose his composure is probably something I think a lot of people in in the NFL universe is not used to seeing. But I don't know. I mean, they just have to absorb it. Just take it with a grain of salt. They lost, as Tim said. We've, yeah. we've our teams has been held. Crabtree was held in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Also, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I mean, I, I know a couple of Ravens fans are going to say, nope, clean play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you you had your chances, and we did. We had four chances there. Anyway, I'm getting on my soapbox here. But, we got to go to John. Yeah, so <laughs> I watched it, and I was at I was at a party, and we were all all watching it. Oh, that was an amazing play. Oh, it was great. And then they they displayed the penalty, and they had the line. We're like, yeah, he's offside. And I was like, okay. Nobody was like, oh, oh I got it. You know, I was like, yeah, he's offside. So I watched a, a bit this morning, just watching the the different takes on everybody. And I thought Stephen A. Smith had a pretty good, he's like, it was embarrassing for Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. I also watched another segment uh, with Dan Orlovsky and he was saying, well, I broke down the tape and you can see he's offside. It's here, 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 and here. And I thought to myself, I'm like, okay. And he's like, and the ref never warned him. I'm like, first of all, you don't know that. Like, it's very possible that the ref went up to like, dude, you're running off sides and I, you got to do it. And, you know, I don't have to tell your coach, but, you know, second is like, if you're doing this all the time, where's the coaching? Where's your wide receiver coach with his little tablet saying, dude, you're lining up off sides. Like, this is basic stuff. And the second thing is, and this is really for Mahomes, like, well, guess what, dude? This is how some of us feel when we play you. You know, all the Philly fans are like, oh, yeah, that little ticky-tack holding fellow in the Super Bowl will suck at Mahomes. I said, I have not this. <laughs> so it's just like, dude, you know, he just, he comes off so bad. And I always come back to this, this point, you know, it's karma. You were in the quarterback thing. Your wife's like, well, this is what we're going to put on a Super Bowl trophy. Because I'm like, these things are really hard to win and yeah. you've got an aging tight end your wide new wide receivers aren't doing great your offensive lines iffy like you probably yeah you could win a whole bunch more but tom deck tom brady won a decade between super bowls it's it's tough so i yeah. thought it was it's just a Feels like a little come up. It's like sometimes the pendulum swings the other way too, dude. And yeah, it was a penalty. Just, just suck it up. I, 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 don't, I didn't hear too many people feeling sorry for him today. And I think just well, certainly not anybody who has had to play him. I, I think just to, to close it out, you know, I do get that last week they played the Packers. There was the PI, which I thought was PI. I, I thought yeah. I do think the officials, you know, missed that one. I get it. It's two weeks in a row where you feel you've had of the game sort of taken from you, but great teams, they're going to be able to overcome those, those moments. You know, that, that's what's, that's what separates the greats like Brady from, from the others is that, you know, as you said, John, he, he won a decade, but you, you put Tom Brady in a situation where it's a minute left and I don't care if it's third and a mile, Brady could make something happen. So yeah, and um, it's unfortunate. I, yeah, I think you should have shown a lot more maturity, but as you said, John, this, the, the pendulum does swing the other way eventually. I'll say one last thing and we want to assure you time. So when he was coming out, he was come up to Josh Allen. He was like carping about the, yeah. the big, the call to Josh yeah. Allen and Josh Allen played a really, really good football game. Like he outplayed Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're going to go to your fellow competitor and bitch about the refs. Like, dude, just say good game. I'll see you hopefully in the playoffs and move on. Because, because that's what Brian and I do after we run races. We run up to the people who won and go, that was the most horrible course I've ever run on. After you were rowing, you know, and if you lost the race, you, you go up to the opposite team and go, the, the oars just were horrible for everybody. The worst I've had in my life. Uh, and then the water was terrible and the sunshine wasn't the way I liked it. Or, or no. With, no, no, actually none of that happened. Okay. Sunshine lollipops. <laughs> All right. <laughs> time for Niners trivia time, Brian. Niners trivia. All right. Are, we going, are we going to Arizona? Well, we did Arizona a couple of weeks back. So this one's more of a a love letter to our kickers on the Niners and Robbie Gould. Robbie Gould, oh, who, who just right, left. Uh, congrats right. to Robbie. So, Robbie. all right. So as we all know, the Niners are on a five-game five game win streak against our competitors up north. What, how long was Seattle's win streak over San Francisco? And what are the bookend wins where 
we got our last win versus them, and then that losing streak for the Niners, and then what was the game that got us out of it? I want to say the game that got us out of it is the one we were at in 2019? 2018. 2018. 2018. 2018. So the, the prior to that was in 2013. The 49ers won at Candlestick Park. It was the second to last home game at Candlestick. That's the one where Frank Gore ripped off that about 50-some-odd run uh, to set up the other game-winning field goal. So the 49ers next played them in the uh, NFC Championship where, you know, we had the uh, infamous tip by Richard Sherman on the pass intended for Crabtree. So I'm trying to do math really quick in my head, which is always an exercise of futility, but here, here well, we're going to try it nonetheless. So let's see. Let's see. You got a theme for Jeff. I'd go. say the Seahawks won <laughs> 10 in a row that point between the two victories between the, the the last Niner victory in 2013 and the Niners winning in 2018 the dark years oh. oh and that we're not good <laughs> and then extension off that question since that as you know these are kicking who was our kicker in 13 and who was our kicker in 18 and if you can bonus points you can tell us who's the holder too well, 2018, it was Robbie Gould, and the holder was Bradley Pinion. Very good, John. In 2013, <laughs> I think it was Phil Dawson. Oh, I don't Phil. know who the I don't know who the, the I don't know who the the holder. I'm going to go with Andy Lee as the holder. Yeah. Good guess. All right. All right. Who All right, also Brian? played for yes. Arizona for a really long time. Yes, he did. He did. He did. Okay. Uh, next, kickers and their colleges. Okay. Kickers and the colleges. So I'm going to lay five kickers. You tell me where they went to school. All right. Go. The great one, Robbie Gould, who just retired. I have no idea. You started with the Bears. You started with the, I mean, I know we got I'm from the Bears. I'll go University of Illinois. Okay. Phil Dawson. Just mentioned his. Feeling a big goose egg on this one. <laughs> All right. Pimple. Um, <laughs> Joe Nedney. Colorado. University of Phoenix. Oh, man. You guys are killing it. <laughs> Ray Wershing. Cal. I was going to say UW for some reason. I don't know why. Jose Cortez. Some big tactical institute. I don't know. I don't think that was advertised on television. No, but I, I almost wanted to get him into the witness protection program <laughs> after a couple of misses. So uh, I, I don't, I, I have no, I'll call Jim Moran. And he was an XFL champ though, by the way, Jose Cortez was. I, I remember it. Well, good for him because he certainly <laughs> wasn't an NFL champ. I know that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Moving on here. Which Niners kicker had a 63 yard field goal at Lambeau Field? Well, wasn't Robbie because. No, it wasn't Robbie. Yeah, now I remember that game. That was the opening game of the 2012 season when the Niners went back to the Super Bowl. Uh, they're playing the. I'll go Phil Dawson. Well, who was the guy before Phil Dawson? David Akers. I'll go David Akers. I'll go David Akers. All right. Okay. And then this last one is called Down and Distance. Down and Distance and Time. Because I think right. Tim's going to know this one. Sadly. Phil Dawson. <laughs> yes. Wild card round 2013 against mm -hmm. Green Bay. Oh. Down distance and time on that kick. You are, you, you know what? I know he makes the kick. But <laughs> I couldn't remember my chance. Fine. I'll do, uh, you know what? Okay. Go with time. Just say time. No. Four seconds left. Third and three from the Packer 20. All right. I'm going with what Tim said. All right. Robbie Gould kicking against Green Bay again in the 21 season <laughs> to win that game. My no one hurts. No one knows because it was covered in snow. <laughs> it was surprisingly far for a kick. I think it was snow. like 45 yards. And I think it was about a 40, 45 yard kick. Yeah. You know. Third, like three seconds left. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll just, we'll observe that. All right. Let's go on. All right, well, we're going to shift gears and 
the three of us will be live in Arizona for this game, getting out of the cold and into the heat. So, keys to victory. Brian, this is a homecoming game for Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. He's from the Phoenix area. I was, I had that, you put that here on the notes, John, but yeah, uh-huh. I was, I know his, he grew up there. He went to high school there. He was a big Patrick Peterson fan and Arizona Cardinals guy. Yeah, I'm sure, sh- I'm sure he, you know, everyone likes coming home to where they were playing. So I expect him to have hopefully a good game. He's going to try to, I'm sure he's getting tickets for his friends and family. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be there. So yeah, I'd, exciting to see him go in that stadium yeah i think i haven't looked at vivid seats yet but i would imagine this to be fairly evenly split between niners and cardinals fans so tim yeah we've played a lot of teams coming off the bye we have the cardinals are playing off of a bye yeah other niners you know keep up with the cardinals after they're a little more rested and working Kyler murray back into the offense yeah, so interestingly, the 49ers have not faced Kyler Murray since 2021. And that was a game where Trey Lance had to start because of an intro mm-hmm. injury to Garoppolo. The, the Niners lost that game 17 to 10. So, you know, long time since Kyler Murray. We know he's a mobile quarterback. We know that the 49ers in the past have had trouble, but I think this year they've been a lot better in containing, you know, we, we saw what they did with Hertz. The ultimate test, of course, is going to be on Christmas night against Lamar Jackson. But I mean, I think, you know, you look at these two teams on paper, the 49ers have a lot more firepower. You know, the, the Cardinals right now, I, I think, what are they, three and 10 right now? Mm-hmm. I know they're coming off a, a, a bye week, but 49ers right now, they're just looking way too talented. They know what's in front of them in terms of uh, getting the number one seed, how important that is, because they don't want to have to travel to Dallas. They don't want to have to travel back to Philadelphia. They can clinch a playoff uh, spot and maybe even the division. Um, so they've got a lot going for them right now. They just come across, you know, an, an, a kind of an ugly but good win against the Seahawks. So I, I think. If if I were to look at this game where I'm actually more focused on is who the Niners play or choose to play, mm-hmm. you know, we, we are, I think, I think Armstead is, is still dealing with his foot and knee injury. I, I, I doubt he plays. We did get some good injury updates. Hargrave with his pulled hamstring and Tavarius Ward are both day to day. So if you're Kyle Shanahan, do you move up Kinlaw into the starting role for Armstead a little bit more? I think Kalia Davis will probably see a lot more for him. Do we play Hargrave? I'm going to bet that Shanahan's going to rest those guys, mm-hmm. and he's going to depend more on his offense to put up such numbers that even even with some of the key starters out, I, I think the 49ers just have too much firepower on offense for the Cardinals to compare from their offense. So, you know, I, I think the 49ers are going to, rest some some folks for that, that huge game on christmas night yeah brian any other thoughts on the arizona cardinals yeah they, they came off they're coming off a big win before the bye right against the steelers against that team so i know they always i i haven't seen kyler murray in a while so i'm not sure how his how his wheels look but i'm sure he's he's if he's any level of to the player he was before i'm sure he can still like make those plays make those runs James Conner is always someone on that team who always seems to to put some yards on us. So, but uh, yeah, I think as Tim was saying, with all those defensive players who are potentially going to be out, yeah, the offense is going to have to show up early and, and, you know, put up some numbers. So love to see that out there. Yeah. Well, last year we were in Vegas. The Raiders were reeling. It ended up being a really close game. The year before we were in Tennessee, and it ended up being a really close game. The year before that, it was Los Angeles, it was a really close game. And the year before that, it was Seattle. It was a really close game. So because we're gonna be there, I think it's gonna be a really close game. <laughs> well, I need to point out something to you, John, that you went and saw them play in Jacksonville this year, and that was not a really close game. So 
Well, Mojo may have shifted. Again. The may Mojo <laughs> may have shifted. I'm just just saying. So okay, I'm predicting a really close game because of past history. So I I we don't make predictions, so I'm not going to even go there. I would say that the Niners on both sides of the ball with more more talented, and I'll keep it at that. All right. Well, on that note, Brian, why don't you kick us into next week? Okay. All right. So back to the trivia here. First question here. How long was Seattle's win streak over SF and what are the bookend wins for the Niners? So Tim, what did you say that number was? For the I, wins? Said, I think I said for the losses. 10. It was 10. 10 losses in a row. Okay. Yep, you are right. The emotional scars, I'm able to count them up pretty, pretty well. Okay. So the last win you guys were saying was in what year? 2013. That's right. So John, you were right. It was Phil Dawson. Andy Lee was the holder. And that was a game where we kicked it with like four seconds. Oh, 31 seconds left. Uh, and the mm-hmm. Niners won 1917. And then John, you also called it right. We did go to that game on December 16th in 2018, where Robbie Gould and Bradley Pinion were holding the ball. We did win in overtime. Is that, I don't remember, 26-23, I think that was the score for that game. Good call. All right. Kickers in their colleges. This one was kind of a free-for-all, so. That's, we, dude, I was Jake Moody. I would have gotten that one right, but. Well, well, actually, well, guys, if, we, if we get the kickers in the right hemisphere, I'll be surprised, but, you know, you let know, alone so colleges. Here, here's why I don't know this is because they're never introduced. Mm, it's true. Good point. They're not on the board. You're right. Okay, Robbie Gold. Uh, you guess? Tim's at University of Illinois. Penn State. Big Ten. Well, big close. Well, they're both Big Ten schools. So. <laughs> Bill Dawson. I think I said Temple, but that's probably not right. I think I said Colorado. Texas. That's Texas. <laughs> Joe, Joe Nedney. I don't even know who that is. He was our kicker in the late 2000s when we were terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I don't know who he is. <laughs> he yeah, I don't first. even know what I said. He kicked for the Tennessee, I think, before that, but he went to San Jose State. Uh, so you said San Jose State, Tim, but you, I think you were referring to Phil Dawson as a shot in the dark. I was, but I'd like to change the answer. <laughs> Ray Wershing. I said Cal. That's right, Cal. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. And then Jose Cortez, XFL champ. I said Cal's from Moran. <laughs> Oregon State. I, All right. All right. So, John, which Niners kicker had a 63-yard field goal at Lambeau Field? I said David Akers. You're right. That's David Akers. Oh, 2012. Wow. There you go. First game of the season. <laughs> All right. Down in distance and time. Phil Dawson, wild card round. What was that? 2013 season against Green Bay. Sean the Dark, what did you guys say again for that one? Oh, I, I think I said uh, third and three from the uh, Packer 20. It was second and eight at the Green Bay 15. There are three seconds left. And we won, I think, what was that? 13 to 10? I think we won that was game. That the, was no, that the one that was, I... Was that the most recent one or was that the... Uh, that was, was the that Phil the Dawson one. one. It, okay. When Harbaugh, Harbaugh was still the coach. Yeah, no, that was... Uh, there were, there was a, it was a higher scoring game. 13 to 10 was the playoff win in January of 22. So ah, okay. I got to look up that. Me, right. That's and what I'm here for, Brian. Danny, <laughs> you are like a robot with this. And then the other one, Robbie Gold, down distance in time against Green Bay in the snow game in the 21 yeah. 22 season. Brian, that kick is timeless. There is no time. You showed it yesterday on that Instagram post. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. This one was pretty far. I'll just read it off because I think. Yes. All right. But John, you, you were right. 45 yarder. Third, it was like third and eight and the Green Bay 27. Four seconds left. So props mm. to Robbie Gold. That was, still was one of the best kicks ever. I mean, yeah. The snow globe game. Got to send Aaron Rodgers packing. All right. Final thoughts. Before we head off to the big desert complex and Arizona. Brian, final thoughts? Looking forward to seeing a 
Well, I want to see Nair's victory, of course, but and I don't want to see a close game. I just I want to see his kicks and butt. So that's you know we're flying out there. <laughs> I don't want to be as stressful as that one game we went to in, in Vegas. The least they could do is route the team for me. I, I paid money <laughs> for here. Tim, oh man, just looking forward to seeing you both. You know, this is a tradition that we started several years ago uh, of getting out to see the Niners at least once a year. Well, it's four games to go. Playoff implications. We're going to be watching this game and we're going to be having Red Zone on in the background when we're not watching the Niners. So it's probably the best time of the year for football along with the holidays. So it's just, hey. Yeah, Yeah, this, this knocks off another stadium for me. I think I've actually got about like seven now and our guest from the Buccaneers game, Sean is actually be at Lambeau this weekend. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I think the Niners have everything they need. They're, they're one of the more complete teams in the league. They have everything they need to win and they just need to execute. And if they do that, then they're going to win games. Uh, so looking forward to it, looking forward to hanging and, and, and seeing another stadium and, uh, and just, you know, enjoying the time. So on that note, Niners Nation, we're out of here. Talk to you next week for Christmas and and Lamar Jackson and keep the faith. Thanks for listening to Niners talk. Stay faithful. 